0: Get ready for a new episode of KP Talks Dollars and Cents. Learn financial literacy and get real-time updates on all things housing, finance, and real estate with your host, Kevin Perenio. As an owner and C-level executive for 20 plus years in finance, KP is here to serve you with all of his knowledge and experience. Whether you're a broker, realtor, or just interested in the economy, this is the podcast for you. So let's get started. Here's your host, Kevin Perenio.
1: Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. Another late night here. It's awful. You'll see what time I posted it, but I'm trying to stay caught up. Uh, Look out for uh, capacity in conjunction with the Mortgage Bankers Association, holding a seminar in about eight hours. So uh, the great Marina Walsh from the NBA will be there with some awesome charts. I got a chance to take a look at them a couple hours ago, and um, some uh, other great executives will be there course, the team from Capacity, and uh, we are a big proponent of it. Just personally signed and renewed the contract myself. So look at that, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Okay, we're going to talk about some R words, but not the recession one that everyone keeps talking about. Maybe we'll talk about that, but I got four more. I got Russell Reconstitution. I got RPU, which is like a technical term, uh, revenue per unit and we're gonna talk about Russia, Russia, Russia. That's just Russia once, but I said it three times for dramatic effect. But you know what no one's talking about? The FHFA made this 50 basis point um, fee, if you will, inside universal mortgage-backed securities and has threatened the fungibility of the universal mortgage-backed security. So just a a recap, Um, not too long ago, we used to have different kinds of coupons depending on which GSE was buying the loan. So you had either Fannie coupons or Freddie coupons. You still have Jenny coupons. So just uh, remember, I say this thing about the secondary market. It is cold, heartless, and unforgiving. And we now have this cold, heartless, unforgiving 50 basis point fee that is inside securities now um, placed on loans when either Fannie or Freddie securities are uh, bundled together in the same security. So let's just say that the majority of a universal mortgage-backed security loan has Fannie Mae loans in it, loans you run desktop underwriter on, and less of the loans in that overall security have some Freddie Mac loans. Well, the Freddie Mac loans, because they are not the super in there, the Freddie Mac loans get taxed 50 basis points. Um, I don't know, you know, so I'm trying to understand. I'm still reading up on it, but that was announced and will go into effect, um, you know, for all new securities as of July 1st. So, um, what's interesting is when you talk about the word universal, the point is this whole industry shifted away from, all right, if I'm doing Fannie Loans, I'm, you know, selling to open a position with my broker dealer for Fannie Mac uh, coupons or Freddie Mac coupons now you don't have to mess with all that. Now there's one big fungible security. It's all universal. You know, it's all GSCs. They're all GSC backed with, you know, the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. Obviously, Fannie and Freddie are still in conservatorship. So we're going to have this universal mortgage-backed security. And literally, there were like years of comment periods and work and deadlines to finally get to this point. And now after the fact, 50 basis points on the uh, junior securities in a co-mingled security of universal mortgage-backed security. So more info on that. I just find it odd. Uh, I guess let's just not use the word fungibility anymore, uh, which my great partner here, Gary Malice, um, our Chief uh, Capital Markets and Strategy Officer, loves to use the word fungibility. Um, It does help with flow and, uh, you know, getting, you know, when things are fungible, it means they're the same, you know, like a universal mortgage-backed security. So we're gonna see whether the word universal um, is going to be removed from the secondary market, or maybe just the fee. I don't know. We'll keep you up to date on that one. So that one's out of there. <clears throat> Next storyline. Um, let's talk about um, uh, the jobless claims last week, two hundred twenty-nine thousand. How can we be in a recession when we still have such healthy job market? Um, it's it makes you wonder. You know, there's still eleven million jobs that are open. Um, the you know unemployment rate's still under four percent. And we haven't seen a lot of job loss. We're hearing anecdotally, obviously, within our industry. Our industry is kind of a leading industry, a leading indicator of the economy and all things that are going on. Um, And we're starting to hear some of the larger firms out there um, in, uh, you know, the tech spaces and whatnot. Um, Obviously, FinTech within our industry, we saw, um, you know, Better.com or Better Mortgage, um, you know, fire people on Zoom and all the craziness and a lot of the heavy refi shops, you know, they've kind of gone through uh, what they're going to go through. And the slides tomorrow that um, Marina is uh, is going to show is going to, going to um, kind of accentuate um, how uh, the cost per loan is creeping up. Part of that is because a lot of independent mortgage bankers, such as us, have not been laying off. We have been holding on uh, to our staff. Um, but overall, throughout the industry, um, that is leading to obviously higher costs. And so Um, You know, I think uh, independent mortgage bankers are in a really good position to hold their ground. And you see a lot of these large banks and hedge fund-backed companies in our industry and tech giants and uh, Wall Street-backed firms. You know, they have this playbook where they want to cut costs, and that's usually where they go. Um, We like our teammates. So we will be interesting to see how that continues to play out and feed into the narrative that we are either already in a recession, whether technically uh, by the definition of two GDP negative quarters in a row. We're about to get a revision for Q1, which you already know was a negative quarters uh, later this week, so could be some data points there uh, on whether that actually was negative. Did it get revised up? We've seen so many crazy data points get revised up. Speaking of, um, May pending sales uh, came out and uh, there was a consensus for a decline of 4% in the month of May. There was an increase in pending sales of 0.7. Um, that 0.7 uh, percent pending sales are are deals under contract that have not yet sold, and so uh, in the month of May it was a strong month. I you know we had one of our we had our best May ever as a company. Uh, May 22 versus May 21 or 20 even uh, because it's the middle of spring purchase season. You know um, purchase money contracts start to really come into place after people get out from New Year's Eve. They start hunting for homes. They get under contract. You know, late January, February, it gets warm in some areas. So even more people are out looking for houses and those contracts tend to snowball in the spring purchase season, March, April, May, and June. Those are your big peak months, even July for some of the colder areas in our country. They kind of start later. So they end later, Uh, but things do typically kind of slow down in the summer. People taking vacations, July is typically a slow sluggish month. But um, one of my theories obviously is that, you know, um, not only is May in the middle of spring purchase season, But with rates gone up as much as they had, people are starting to say, hey, it's now or never. This is my last good chance to make good on the rate that I locked that no longer exists because rates went up. Plus, sellers who are kind of sitting around waiting for the peak, they tend to have gotten off the fence. And so um, some of the data bears that out. Pending sales went up in May. Big surprise data to the upside. The overall trend uh, year over year is still down. I believe it's just under 13%. Um, down on pending sales. So um, new home sales came out last Friday, 11% from April to May. Huge jump, uh, far above the consensus of 590,000 and uh, the 690,000 annual rate. Um, So pretty interesting to see that surprise to the upside last week. Um, I saw a really cool stat that uh, Barry Habib and team put out when they broke down Um, sales, you know, existing versus um, new home sales. Existing home sales uh, constitute about 90% of all home sales. New home sales, which is interesting the way the math is said, like, oh, we have a 7.7-month supply of new homes being sold. Well, that's because a lot of them are still being built, right? They're not built yet. Um, And I mentioned last week on my video that Logan Motoshami um, uh, mentioned that, you know, once a new home is built and uh, finalized, it's off the shelf in less than a month. And uh, Barry and his team uh, pointed that out again last week as well. Great information from, again, from MBS Highway and uh, Logan Motorshami, lead housing analyst for Housing Wire. 88% of all homes sold psh, sold within 30 days. Pretty crazy. So uh, let's talk about uh, the stock market. You know, it's had a little rebound here, but it's still also in a downtrend. And, um, you know, there's a saying called the Russell Reconstitution that happens. Uh, The fourth Friday of June, the Russell index, the Russell 1000 and 2000 are basically small businesses around America. The engines of growth. Um, Some fall out of that top 1000, 2000, and and then new ones uh, emerge as businesses grow. And there are ETFs out there that have to buy these companies. And so it's forced buying into these companies. There's also a growth versus a value Russell index. Companies like Meta, uh, Facebook, Netflix. Uh, PayPal and Zoom, they were growth stocks because they're adding users and adding users and adding users. Well, now they're value stocks because they're not adding as many users. But now the metric to look at uh, them is revenue per user, ARPU. And Russia defaulted on their debt. Suckers. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. Well, we are finishing up the month the quarter and we're headed into July 4th weekend I know we all are serving our communities and putting people in houses so they can celebrate in their brand new home because it's mostly purchased business nowadays and they're going to have a barbecue in a house that you help put them in and you should be very very thankful and humbled that you were part of that process literally the American dream and for me as a bicentennial baby which means I was born in 1976 I just add 200 plus my age as of August. We're 246 years celebrating this great nation. The absolute best nation by far on earth. A relatively young one as well. So have a great, safe, happy July 4th weekend. I hope you're excited about it. Remember, it is very much a home ownership holiday. We're putting people in houses to celebrate, popping off fireworks and all that good stuff. Okay, so we're going to talk about... Uh, diapers, diamonds, and divorce. I'm sure you've heard that, or debt. You've heard the three Ds, the four Ds. Well, your boy here, who's a big fan of hip-hop, uh, likes to make up his own rhymes, and people like to bite off of it, and I'm totally cool with that. We're building a community here, and uh, I'm gonna tell you about the seven Ds. You've never heard the seven Ds, and it's a specific order, so feel free to steal it, use it, put in your marketing. I know some of the things that I've said in the past, like, path to pivot or pivot to purchase or deeply rooted in our communities some great marketing teams out there have have bitten my rhymes and you know who you are and that's okay if you don't give me credit i feel humbled uh and even slightly flattered um even though that's kind of egotistical but i do love the fact that we're building a community here and i'm going to talk about the 7D's here shortly but before that let's talk about fgmc first guarantee mortgage corporation now i'm not talking about it in a salacious way or a tabloid way. I mean, all the news rags talk about that kind of stuff. I actually have some really fantastic colleagues that I know there. Um, Obviously it's awful that here's our industry that led this nation um, out of the pandemic and the recession. And typically housing is one of those leading indicators heading back into a recession. So you start to see job losses and you start to see consolidation and companies go public or some companies acquire others. And uh, what's interesting here is, um, you, know, you know, some great people that work at this company, fantastic company. Uh, we've actually been able to um, uh, help and hire uh, like account executive. We're working on some developers in our IT team. And I love here on LinkedIn that the community that we created rallied around, and I'm seeing some um, some boards, uh, some posts being made, trying to help people find uh, a job and and do some good placement. Um, gotta love that about. Uh, this people business that we're in. Um, so the reason I want to talk about, um, this is because I'm getting questions and people are asking me like, well, what's next? Or where does it end? Or is there cracks in the credit market? You know, is this 2008 all over again or seven? Is there going to be an implodometer and people put it out there and find out what's going on. I want to explain a little bit of what happened and try and put it in some context in a way that I've said before on these videos, but I don't really hear much about, Um, Uh, The biggest reason why uh, there are issues in this specific case is because of the non-QM market. And some of you uh, are are, are maybe unfamiliar with the roots of that. Um, Before uh, the uh, Dodd-Frank Act and uh, prior to the Great Recession of 2008, we had what was called subprime loans. And pretty much we would say, hey, if the FICO score, your credit score is under 620, it's a subprime loan. It's not uh, a paper credit. It's subprime. Um, and then that kind of morphed into, well, there's Alt-A, Alternative A credit, right? So maybe there's an an eighty twenty LTV no-doc where literally the income blank, assets blank, job blank. It's just run your credit. Is it 620? Great. Here's $417,000. Oh, you have a 619 credit score? Sorry, that's subprime. I can't give you an application of $417,000 with a blank job, blank income, and blank assets. That literally was Alternative A. It all ended up being subprime. So to get past all that, and which by the way, those loans were bundled into a lot of mortgage-backed securities that also commingled with a paper, Fannie Mae loans, Freddie Mac loans, even Jenny Mae loans, and it just cratered the system, which can be fragile when you're talking about leverage, credit, credit uh, CDOs, credit swaps, collateralized debt obligations, you know. All of, you know, all, all the acronyms out there, right? So Dodd-Frank Act worked two years ago during the pandemic, and it's working again right now. Let me say that again. It is working. Regulation is working to save the integrity of the entire system. During the Dodd-Frank Act, there was a designation of what's called a qualified mortgage versus a non-qualified mortgage, non-QM. A non-qualified mortgage is basically a mortgage um, that doesn't have safe harbor, if you will, it's like a legal term, but a rebuttable presumption. But those loans are kind of what used to be called subprime. So that means that your Fannie Mae and your Freddie Mac loans, your conforming loans to the GSEs, which are now have a universal mortgage-backed security, which I talked about on my last video, and Ginnie Mae, which is typically your government loans, your FHA, VA, USDA, rural housing, those securities, which we buy and sell money, are not commingled together with what used to be subprime loans which are now called non-QM loans so some of those non-QM loans um, have been really disrupted lately and um, with the huge headwinds we've seen with you know interest rates rising quite a bit very rapidly, some of the buyers of non-QM loans which are all private uh, you, know, you know private companies um, for example PIMco fantastically, Run a company founded by Muhammad Aryan and Bill Gross, who live in uh, Orange County, which I moved to six years ago. Um, You know, brilliant minds, those two. I have a lot of respect for them. Well, the legacy of their company, which they're no longer at, um, has an investment fund that invested in First Guarantee Mortgage Corporation. Now, the irony here is there's a lot of regulation you hear from DC about us, independent mortgage bankers, and how we're don't have enough money and we don't have enough capital and we're going to disrupt the system and the next time there's a 2008, which there can't possibly be a 2008 because of this regulation, Dodd-Frank, which is working because it stripped out all the subprime loans and it's not cratering the Fannie and Freddie portfolios, which I digress, but you've got this fund of a giant investment firm in PIMCO that they decided to pull their financing out behind this company and FGM uh, MC was trying to find some some new capital, and they weren't able to. So that highly um, uh, uh, regulated and very well-funded and very well-backed company, PIMCO, they would have passed all the regulation that's being proposed, which supposedly IMBs would not. But because they are under the radar because they're so well-capitalized, but them pulling out still has the net effect that all the regulators are trying to get uh, to prevent from happening. It is cratering this company. And it's sad because our colleagues are losing jobs. Um, so uh, these non-QM loans um, are not in the mortgage-backed securities right now, so are not disrupting Fannie Freddie and the FHFA and all the things that they regulate and those funds, which right now, Fannie and Freddie, the GSEs, are under conservatorship. So my point is Dodd-Frank is working, the regulation is working by stripping out and making private companies back and fund and trade non-QM loans. So there is some disruption, but that disruption is, did not reverberate into a broader credit collapse like it did in 2008. So it's sad that it's isolated to this company, um, but the integrity of the system because of Dodd-Frank is still intact. So we're going to live to fight another day as a whole. And unfortunately, we're going to help our colleagues and try and lift them up and place them. So um, anyway, just thought I'd throw it out there. It's a perspective that no one's talking about. I've said it multiple times. Every time we have this disruption, in the non qa market, and this will not be the last disruption. Um, The seven Ds, what are they? I put them in this very order. Deployment. Let's talk about our veterans and our service members first. Deployment. They get a VA loan. They should be treated first with respect because they put everything on the line. Deployment is the first of the seven Ds. Then we've got diamonds because then you may get married. So you have some household formation. Maybe let's get out of our apartments and let's buy a house together. Or diapers. You got kids. Maybe you got more kids. So you now your house getting bigger. You need more space. You got debt because of the kids, right? So maybe you do a cash out or a refinance. You get divorced, right? You got to split. Someone keeps a house. Maybe you sell it and you both buy two houses or one. Probably more debt. You probably add more debt after that, but we're only going to say debt once. And then, of course, you have downsizing, which you've got uh, the elderly that maybe empty nesters. Let's buy something smaller. And then you have death. You know what? Got to sell that asset. Don't forget the Heckam loan is in there somewhere. The 70s, you heard it here first. Let's use it. Have a fantastic and safe July 4th weekend. Thank you for allowing us and me to serve you.
0: You've been listening to KP Talks Dollars and Cents, a top-rated show for those who want to learn about the economy and mortgage environment. Tune in each week for more episodes and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Kevin Perenio does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through KP Talks Dollars and Cents. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. For more info, follow KP Talks Dollars and Cents on all of our social channels.